Hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> I can't believe we're at the last Sunday of the year. That's crazy. But it's been awesome to see what God's been doing in your lives and in my life this year. Um, yeah, it's been a great year. I hope, I hope you can look back on this year and just be really grateful for what God's done. Um, but, all right, I'm going to jump right in. So as I was praying about um, what to share today, I believe God was just reminding me of um, something that he's been teaching me and reminding me of over and over again the past year on staff and then um, my internship year before that. Um, yeah, so that that topic is just how busy my life is. He keeps reminding me of this over and over again and how do I deal with that busyness in a healthy way. Um, so externally, life can be really busy. There's always something pressing on us, something we can be doing with our time. But I feel like even more so, I was thinking about when I'm taking time to rest and just how busy my mind is when I am trying to rest. Um, yeah, I just feel like there's like this noise constantly, ever-present. Um, yeah, my mind just feels like cluttered and distracted and noisy. And um, So yeah, I've been taking time to really think about that and think about how busy the world we live in is um, and how do we deal with that in a healthy way and um, yeah and what does Jesus have to say about that so yeah in our modern world we're constantly surrounded by noise and hurry um, we're always surrounded by for example music playing have you ever noticed that everywhere you go there's always music <laughs> coffee shops stores while you're walking from place to place, we can have it in our headphones even, in the car. I feel like this is like the most common disagreement Josiah and I have is whether or not we should play music in the car. I'm always like, can we just have absolute silence? <laughs> and he's like, but I have all of these music genres that I like. I want to listen to this one and this one. <laughs> and so that's a very common disagreement for us. <laughs> um, but not just music. There's... Netflix on in the background of everything we do. We're always trying to multitask. Um, we have instant access to any information we want. We even, Josiah was saying this last night, and I was like, wow, this is profound. We have instant access into each other's lives constantly. We can call each other. We can text each other. We can check social media. Like, we have no privacy. <laughs> like, anyone can get a hold of you at any time that they want. Um, yeah, and even just like modern technology, cars and buses and traffic everywhere all the time. Um, something that Josiah always says is he can't wait to go somewhere where he can't even hear the sound of cars on the highway. Some of you relate to that. <laughs> I didn't understand what the heck he meant when he started saying that. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I just, I didn't even notice how constantly we're like hearing the sound of traffic in cars all the time <laughs> um yeah but we a couple summers ago we went somewhere where you couldn't hear the sound of cars on the highway and I experienced it for the first time and I will never go back so <laughs> oh it's already up there so this is Manitou Island um it's in northern Michigan off the coast of Sleeping Bear um it's just wilderness like just forest and beaches and sand dunes. We were the only ones on that beach. We couldn't even see a person in sight. Um, and so I experienced this kind of silence that I didn't even know was possible, really. Um, 
So yeah, I, I don't make fun of him as much anymore for that because <laughs> I understand it. Um, <laughs> yes, but yeah, and I also didn't realize how many sermon illustrations would come out of this because now I'm two for two sharing about Manitou Island. <laughs> yeah, so it taught me a lot spiritually too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I didn't realize until this experience how rare true silence and solitude really is. Um, and even in those rare moments where like the external sounds are muted and we're alone, I feel like we often, at least I often have this like underlying ever-present internal noise of like rushing from one thing to the next and anxious about one thing or another thing, being drawn towards my phone, oh, what notifications do I have? Oh, I need to check social media. Um, it's just like every spare moment we have, every moment of rest is filled with like this internal noise and clutter. It's the only way I know how to describe it. Um, so over the past school year, I've just been really thinking about how much noise and how much like sensory input we like experience and are subject to every day and how exhausting it is and detrimental it really is to our souls and our spiritual lives. Um, so yeah. This year, um, my huddle, all of the lady core group leaders um, that are undergrads, we read a book together, um, and I'm going to get a lot of my sermon from this book, so sorry, ladies, if you've heard this before, <laughs> um, but it was just a really great book. I got so much out of it. Um, so we read this book together. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, and in this book, um, there's a Catholic father and teacher quoted. His name is Ronald Rollheiser. We can put up that quote. Should be the next slide. It says, we are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. Yeah. I think he's on to something. I think about this a lot, that we really struggle, I really struggle, to focus long enough to sit down and really be with the Lord, to sit down and pray, to have those moments with him. Um, and also when I do, and I've heard this from so many people, I struggle to hear his voice. And I hear so many people saying, like, how do I hear God's voice? I can't hear God's voice. Um, yeah, I just hear that all the time. And I also, um, this made me think, too, about how we struggle to slow down and, like, process our emotions and the things that we're feeling that are coming up inside of us that God might be wanting to... Um, draw out of us and bring healing to we don't slow down long enough to recognize um, those emotions. Am I getting quieter? Is that happening? Okay. I might have pulled one of these out maybe because <laughs> I sound quieter. Um, but yeah, and then we also struggle to slow down long enough to recognize those around us too and show them the love and compassion of Christ and the hope of Christ that we have ourselves I think all the time when I'm walking around campus about how no one acknowledges each other. You notice that? <laughs> like, no one smiles at each other. No one looks at each other. It's like headphones in, put your head down, walk as fast as you can. Don't acknowledge anyone. <laughs> Just get where you've got to go. And it's like, it's exhausting. And like, <laughs> it's really, yeah, not very joyful um, or fueling. It's just, yeah, I think about that all the time, how we just don't even take a moment to even smile at one another, which takes 0.2 seconds. Um, so yeah, on campus even, there's just this constant hum of noise and distraction and busyness. Everyone's focused on what they have to do. Um, 
Yeah, and it's external and internal. It keep, and it keeps us from what's most important, I think. Um, but thankfully, I believe Jesus provides us with a better way, a practice that can really help restore our souls that are weary and tired and battered. And um, yeah, it's a spiritual discipline that the church has practiced for thousands of years. And I think it's crucial for us today, but we often neglect it um, and even forget about it completely. And that practice is called silence and solitude. Yeah. So we're going to look together at scripture and discover Jesus, his model for this, the way he practiced it. Um, but first, let's pray together before we jump into scripture. Can you pray with me? Well, God, thank you so much for this final Sunday of the 2022-2023 school year. Lord, we're just so grateful for everything that you've done this year. And Lord, I pray that um, that this message would um, go on even beyond this school year, that we would take it and apply it to our lives this summer, that we would practice silence and solitude with you, um, that this summer wouldn't be a summer where we would take steps back in our walk with you, but it would be a summer where we um, grow more in you than maybe we ever have before, Lord, that we would come back to campus this fall um, just full of the power of the Holy Spirit, full of um, clarity and identity in Christ and clarity of what you've called us to do, Lord. And so I just pray that you'd use my words today, that they wouldn't just be my words, but that they would be your words, Lord. And um, yeah, we pray all that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we're going to start in Matthew 4 today, verse 1. It's going to be up on the screen, but feel free to turn there with me if you'd like. Um, we're going to read out of the ESV translation. <coughs> All right. So it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. So you might be wondering why we're talking about the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. <laughs> that sounds like the opposite of rest for our souls, <laughs> temptation. <laughs> but there's something here that... I don't think comes um, to the surface right away that I wanted to talk about, um, and I want to draw our attention to it. So scripture says that Jesus was led into the wilderness. Um, the Greek word for wilderness, probably going to say this wrong, but is eremos. Um, yep, right there, eremos. And the same word is used over and over again in the Gospels, and it's translated differently depending on um, where it is. So sometimes it's wilderness, sometimes it's solitary place, sometimes it's quiet place. There's also like desolate place, lonely place, uh, but we're going to focus on 
solitary or quiet place today. Um, so yeah, this word is used over and over again as Jesus um, goes to a solitary place to spend time with the Father, to hear from him um, before or after a long day of ministry. And he does this all throughout his ministry. We're going to look at a few examples. Um, but he continues to return to this place, um, this wilderness place, this solitary place, this quiet place. Um, so the first example we're going to look at of him doing this is in Mark 1.35. Should be a slide for that one. Yeah, you got it, Taylor. <laughs> She's on it. <laughs> um, so it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place, Eremos, where he prayed. So this scripture um, comes at the end of a chapter of Jesus teaching and healing and driving out demons and um, just doing all of these things. And we find Jesus here waking up the next morning early, um, which would not be my form of recovery. I would think of sleeping in and <laughs> just vegging for the day. But to recover, he wakes up early and he goes off to a solitary place to pray and be with the Father. We're going to look at our next example um, a couple chapters later, Mark 6, 30 through 31. This is right after Jesus sent out the apostles um, two by two. And so, yeah, we'll read it together. It says, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place, Eremos, and get some rest. So again, a long, tiring day of ministry for the disciples and Jesus invites them, come away with me, come be alone with me in a quiet place and rest. They were weary, and this is the solution that Jesus, who is God himself, gave to them. This was the solution, an invitation to come away and be alone with him and get rest. All right, the last example we're going to look at um, is Luke five fifteen through 16. And it says, Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places, Eremos, and prayed. So again, we see Jesus recovering after a long day of ministry, after the crowds have been like pressing at him, his name is becoming more famous, his way of dealing with this and recovering is to go to a solitary place, be alone with the Father, pray, hear from him, hear his voice, hear his leading. Um, yeah. So Jesus' model for us for handling the noise and busyness of life and ministry is pretty clear. It's to go off to a solitary place, your Eremos, and pray. And it's really interesting to me how Scripture says the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness um, at the beginning of his ministry. This is directly following his baptism, the Holy Spirit descending on him in power. I would expect him to go teach and heal the sick and cast out demons, make himself known. Um, yeah, just jump full speed into ministry. But instead, we see the Holy Spirit leading him into the wilderness, the quiet or solitary place, the Eremos, for 40 days before even beginning his public ministry. And I wonder if part of the reason for this was so that Jesus would begin his ministry with being with and clearly hearing from the Father, receiving his instructions, 
letting him empower him for the mission that he was about to do. Um, What's also interesting to me about this passage is that, I don't know about you, but I often think of the wilderness and the temptation of Jesus as him being in like his weakest state. Like he was hungry, he had been fasting for 40 days, he's in the wilderness. Um, So I think of him as being like in a weakened state. Um, And we often, or at least I often think to myself, like, of course the enemy came to him. He was weak and tired and hungry, and of course the enemy would do that. Um, But I think that while this passage of Scripture does show that Jesus may have been physically weak, it says he was fasting and he was hungry, so he was experiencing hunger, a little bit of physical weakness there. It also shows how spiritually strong Jesus was after these 40 days in the wilderness, in the Aramos. Um, After 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, Jesus was spiritually stronger than ever. He spoke with authority. He had, like, scripture ready to go when the enemy came and tempted him. And I think that shows enormous spiritual strength. There was something supernatural that happened in the wilderness, in this quiet, solitary place. Um, Yeah, so contrasting that physical weakness was also a supernatural spiritual strength. All right, so let's sum up what we just talked about, because there was a lot there. I think I have a slide for this. Um, So what have we learned from these scriptures? Um, We've learned that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, the solitary place, the Eremos, before beginning his ministry. We've also learned that he regularly returned to this place throughout his ministry, We learn that this was a place where he was spiritually strengthened, where he communicated with the Father through prayer, and that not only Jesus did this, but his disciples too. He invited them to come away to a quiet place with him. And I believe he invites us to do the same thing as his disciples today, to come away to a quiet place and rest with him. And I believe this practice is not only beneficial, but critically important. Um, I think... Honestly, it would solve a lot of the problems that we're experiencing today, a lot of the anxiety and things that we're struggling with. Um, So let's talk a little bit about this practice and what it looks like for us. Um, So silence and solitude is both an inward and an outward practice. Inwardly, it's a stillness of the heart and mind, a deep inner silence that waits on the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. Outwardly, it's a place where we go, we get away from the crowds, we go be alone with the Father in a solitary place. And you might be wondering why I'm saying silence and solitude as like one word or phrase. Um, And that's because the two are inseparable. Um, For thousands of years, the church has considered this to be one discipline because they're so tied together and inseparable. We must not only get alone with God, solitude, but we must also put ourselves in a position to listen to and hear from him. Silence. Um, But I also, I want to make a distinction here that I think is really important because I think a lot of us struggle with this, um, especially us introverts, me being one of them. So silence and solitude is not isolation. Isolation is what we do when we're burnt out. We want to escape the world, detach from the world around us, get away from everyone. We're done. I've been there. 
<laughs> I'm sure many of us have been there. But this is not silence and solitude. Um, in the book that I was talking about earlier, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, the author, John Mark Comer, he says, Solitude is when you set aside time to feed and water and nourish your soul, to let it grow into health and maturity. Isolation is what you crave when you neglect the former. So when we neglect silence and solitude, which is so nourishing for us, which strengthens us and rejuvenates us and renews us, that's when we get to the point of isolation, where we want to escape, we're burnt out, we want everyone to get away from us, we're done. <laughs> so they're not the same thing. Um, silence and solitude is a great practice. We're talking all about how we should do this. <laughs> It reaps incredible benefits for our souls, and it's something that really we should practice regularly. But it's not a permanent place where we can stay in order to escape the world. Scripture says that Jesus frequently or often went away to solitary places. He did this regularly throughout his life and ministry. However, we know from reading beyond what we read today that he always returned back to the world to minister and to fulfill the mission that the Father had for him. So the goal of silence and solitude is not to escape the world, but to be renewed and empowered to reach the world. We leave the solitary place with a renewed sense of God's presence in our lives, clearer direction from him, renewed empowerment to be a witness to the world. I have another quote for us um, that we can put up here. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his book, Life Together, which Tessa and I have been reading, <laughs> it's a good one, I recommend it, um, he says, let him who could not be alone beware of community, but let him who is not in community beware of being alone. I'm going to read that one more time, so you might need to set in a little bit. <laughs> let him who could not be alone beware of community, but let him who is not in community beware of being alone. So being alone with God and being meaningfully with others in community are both critically important to our faith. We can't have one without the other. We can't be solely with community and neglect being alone with God. Um, in the book Celebration of Discipline, I'm quoting a lot of books. These are all great ones. You should definitely read them all. <laughs> but in that book, Celebration of Discipline, he talks about how if you solely are in community and you're, you lack in being alone with God, it's likely a fear of being alone, which is not from God. He invites us to come away to a quiet place with him. He wants to be alone with us, and we're not alone. We're in his presence. We're with our creator. It's not loneliness. It's being with the one who created us. Um, if Josiah and I, you probably hear this a lot, but I think it's important. If Josiah and I never had alone time together, and if I always talked over him, I never listened to what he had to say, we probably would not have a very good relationship. <laughs> Josiah likes to talk. So if I was talking over him, he'd probably be pretty frustrated at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that says something about our relationship with God, too, that we need that time alone with him to hear from him, not just to talk to him. But also on the other side of things, we can't be just alone with God and escape and isolate ourselves from community. Jesus commissioned us to go and make disciples of all nations, and we can't do this unless we re-enter the world after going to the solitary place. So 
So I want to encourage all of us to practice silence and solitude in our lives this summer. As this school year comes to an end, let's accept Jesus' invitation to come away with him, to go to a quiet place and find rest for our souls. I'm sure most of us are pretty weary, pretty tired at the end of another long year. So let's accept that invitation and go be alone with him in the solitary place, in silence and solitude. Um, But let's do this with a goal in mind. And the goal being, let's re-enter community, re-enter campus in the fall, full of the power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness, full of renewed purpose and identity and clarity of what God has called us to do here, because we've spent time sitting in his presence and have heard the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to invite the band up. We're going to close here in just a minute. Um, But we're going to end on some practicals. I've given you a lot of quotes and a lot of theory, but how do we actually apply this? How do we actually practice silence and solitude in our lives this summer? Um, So I have three ideas for you. I'm sure there are others that we could talk about, um, but we're going to talk about three of them. So the first one, I think there's a slide for this. Yep. Um, The first one is yielding. We talk about this in D group. Gone through D group, we talk about yielding. Um, This is where we spend daily time during our prayer times in silence and solitude, just waiting to hear what God is wanting to say to us. And God will speak to you, and you will be strengthened and spiritually refreshed if you practice this. Um, As I was thinking about this, it made me think of a scripture that I love. Um, it's Isaiah 40, 29 through 31. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. There's something supernatural about just waiting on God. Just waiting in silence and solitude, listening for his voice, just being in his presence and allowing him to speak to us and strengthen us. So I'd encourage you, make that a daily practice. As part of your prayer time, we can talk to God, but also let's yield and make space for him to talk to us too. The second one is something that I've been trying to practice a lot this school year. Um, is taking advantage of the little moments of silence and solitude that we have throughout our day. We have a lot of these, I think, without even realizing it because we fill them with so much stuff. Um, But, for example, on your commute to work or your internship this summer, in the morning as you're getting ready, moments before bed, walking to grab lunch while you're sitting in a coffee shop, um, just noticing those moments, and instead of filling them with checking our phones, our notifications, social media, listening to music, all of these like distractions. Slow down, enjoy the silence and solitude, and just use that as a moment to ask God, what do you want to speak to me right now, Lord? It's something that I've been trying to do this year, and it's had tremendous benefits for my life, slowing down throughout my day, having those little moments. And the final one, final idea I have for you to try silence and solitude out this summer is to take a prayer retreat. Um, This is where you get away with God for, it could be an afternoon, it could be overnight, it could be a weekend, um, but just 
take that time to go be alone with God in the silence and solitude. Allow him to strengthen you. Allow him to refresh you. Um, and just experience the closeness of his presence and hear his voice. Um, I took two of these last year during my internship, and honestly, they were really difficult for me at first. Um, so that's why I say it should be an extended time. I think an afternoon might even be too short. Um, I did overnight both times, and I was not used to silence and solitude. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> like, I'm out. I was staying at like a tiny home that Kyalfa owns, or one of our Kyalfa missionaries owns, and then for the second time I was at a campground staying in a tiny home again, um, and I was pretty much alone both times. Um, there weren't any other people there, um, so I was kind of going crazy a little bit, but after a few hours of silence and solitude and allowing myself to slow down, I felt like my soul was like breathing again, like, oh man, like I... I feel like I can breathe again, and it was just so refreshing, and now I, like, crave that. I'm like, man, I want to get away and do that again. Um, so I'd encourage you to try it. It might be difficult at first, but I think you'll really enjoy it if you give it a shot. Um, so those are my, my three ideas for you for practicing this this summer. I'm just going to leave you with a scripture, and then the worship band is going to play, and we'll give you some time to just think and pray about this and just spend some time with the Lord. Um, but the scripture is Psalm 62, 1 through 2. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. Alright. That's all I have for you. Hope you all have a great summer and that you yeah, really enjoy taking this to heart and putting it into practice and Let's come back to campus in the fall ready to go, ready to make disciples. So, yeah.